1: That my friends is a good fade out. That's a very astute fade out. And you were just listening to Moose Creek Park and we are super stoked to have Ryan from Moose Creek Park here with us Uh, before we uh, introduce him and go into, uh, uh, you know, just talking some cool stuff about, uh, you know, stuff that we love. Um, just want to take a quick moment out to, uh, again, thank everybody for, uh, their well wishes, Um, you know, and and having me back on the show, um, you know, it's just such a touch and go thing I've got going on. So unfortunately, you know, you might see me for a little bit. Well, you're not seeing me. You're hearing me. I'm the omniscient talker to you, but you'll hear me sometimes. You might not hear me sometimes, but uh, very, very important. Mikey and Justin have a great grasp on what's going on with the show. So uh, even if you don't hear me, um, you know, they're still rocking it and doing it, but you're hearing me now which is good, which means I've had a couple of good weeks. So um, pumped, pumped on that. And then uh, I always like to give my little spiel. If you are from Long Island and you're a buddy, uh, you want to come see me. I'm hanging out August 27th at AMH. Um, We've got a bunch of bands that I used to play in or play in some sets. Uh, Some good buddies of ours from Deer Park from a long, long time ago have joined with us as well. A couple of other bands, too uh it's i think tickets are 15 bucks in advance i uh, know they're going so uh you know jump onto the link we'll put the link somewhere and uh, you, you can grab tickets it's in the and, bio. Uh,
2: come on it's
1: in the bio links in the bio and uh you're helping me out which is cool because uh the american healthcare system is a fucking drag um so uh on that on that note uh ryan what's going on man
3: how's it going thank you very much for having me on guys
1: yo yeah man thanks for taking the time to be on here with us so um all right so uh just to dive in i'm i'm you know i, I hear the you know the, the track we just listened to a little clip of and uh um it's kind of like fitting right in with that new wave of what's happening on long island um you know with uh with you know the really fun noodly tappy guitars and you know, all this stuff, I immediately think of uh, our homies in Max Seal, who are uh, out there killing it, um, playing some gigs with the Movie Life and Piebald. That's kind of awesome. Um, so cool. But I mean, you know, just to just to jump into it. So, um, you know, just like uh, you know, talking to the, the the buds In Max Seal and figuring out where their brains were. I'd love to kind of pick your brain a little bit and uh, just learn a little bit more about you know what you were listening to you know during the genesis of the band and what inspired you to start writing music like this
3: yeah absolutely um so i guess what's kind of funny about this project which is i think would probably be the same funny thing about other projects they're still young and kind of figuring out where they're at as far as music is that we're all kind of in different fields as far as like what we grew up listening to and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i grew i personally i grew up on like Husker Du and stuff like that and sh- uh, shoegaze a lot of old like hardcore punk dinosaur junior stuff like that and again i know vinnie and some of the other guys like they grew up a lot with like blink 182 and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but we all kind of gravitated towards the same kind of new wave of emo cool um that's kind of all our thing. So a lot of, like, the noodley stuff, you know, again, you think of the guys in Max Tiny Moving Parts, Free Throw, uh, bands like that. Some newer guys like Origami Angel and stuff like that um, has kind of been always, like, the big mishmash of ideas we kind of throw when we practice, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, um, I guess, like, at least in the creation of this album, it was kind of we wanted to do something really something that I, at least for me something that was fun to play you know yeah. and at the same time kind of pay homage to that um i guess the older kind of style of just blink 182 pop punk mm-hmm. high energy and stuff like that um but yeah it's like i said it's it's kind of a big mishmash of stuff and again on the record a lot of the songs kind of have different vibes like that so yeah it's kind of a bit of everything everybody's into some different stuff
1: yeah, I think that's one of the cool things, you know, you mentioned Origami Angel, you know, just one of those bands that comes to mind where they, um, you know, they're they're very much writing, you know, what they want to write, you know, if they want to throw a breakdown in a song, they're going to do it. If they want to throw some chip tune stuff in a song, they're going to do it, you know, they're just, uh, you know, I, I like that more and more uh, independent artists are not necessarily forcing themselves into a mold, you know, I, I don't think you have to do that anymore. Um, you know, I think it's even evident in, um, in, you know, like punk rock and stuff too. Like, you know, um, you've got bands like, um, like drug, drug church, for instance, where like, you know, you're not, you know, the dude, dude, isn't really singing. Like he, he, he does what he wants, but you know, he's just kind of yelling and speaking and like, you know, you can kind of do these things again. Whereas in the nineties they were, they were really groundbreaking. Like when, you know, you heard, you know, you know, Black Flag or, you know, Rollins Band or anything, you know, where it was just so so visceral because it was the the first thing that you were hearing that was doing this. But now, you know, bands are going back to being a little bit more gritty and moving out of their comfort zone, which I think is, uh, is a great thing for music because it's delivering a lot of just unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. So as a listener, uh, it doesn't get much better than
3: that no yeah absolutely yeah i mean origami angel is really like one of those special examples of kind of just like even even if you're not and and this is like the funny thing too showing people that don't really listen to that genre you show them origami angel and and, you know 90 percent of them kind of have like that what the you know what is going on right now yeah yeah. but it's it's in a good way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh even even some of their biggest tunes nobody kind of expects what comes next in any of their songs and you know, to a degree that's kinda of what we like to do. We just try to keep things a little keep keep you on your toes a little bit. At least we do our best. But um yeah.
2: I'm going to see origami angel in a week from uh I guess Saturday at four chord, which I'm super pumped for. I I've been kind of following origami angel from the beginning because when we first started doing bar down breakdown, we had Corey from free throw on and like the same week we had him on, Corey just like sent out this praise tweet about Origami Angel. And I was like, what? Like this band must be on to something. If like Corey's just given them a, a straight up shout out and was instantly in love, like just like obviously the, the sound, but then how interesting and unique their lyrics were compared to what was out, like out in the emo world at that time. And really never looked back and super excited to finally see them uh haven't gotten a chance to um i I know you have kind of dropped hints about your your record it's been out for about a month now um i i did some digging and you guys put it out in thumbs up records which i'm not too familiar with so can you kind of fill me in on how that relationship came to be
3: yeah, um, a lot of the relationship we have with Thumbs Up Records is kind of tied to Gary Sioni. He's the uh, producer uh, at Sound Acres. Um, he's in, he was in Crime and Stereo, or is currently in Crime and Stereo, I'm sorry, was in Day Trader. Um, awesome guy, great producer, we love him. And he was kind of close with Brady, and again, kind of through that connection, Brady kind of stumbled upon our music, and uh, yeah, he hit us up, and uh, again, a lot of the bands that some of them were on t- thumbs up, but some of the bands that are on it now, again, we're kind of all kind of starstruck, um, at the time. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, Brady's kind of just a great guy. So it's, you know, th- that's what it is. Um, yeah, again, a lot, a lot of it too, is just that we were really starstruck when, when, uh, he hit us up. So yeah.
2: Nice. Yeah. And I was kind of looking through the lineup and honey Creek obviously stood out to me. And then, I saw the hot Mulligan like tour announcement post a couple of days ago. And like, I was like, Whoa, this is a crazy tour, but who is this like Ben quad guy? And I'm like, or Quaid, I'm like, who is this? And then I'm going to the thumbs up records, like lineup page. And I'm like, wait, this is not a solo artist. Like I, I, I assumed it was just a a solo artist. And I went to their Spotify and the, it's got, like, the twinkly kind of guitar tones, but then a little more aggressive and kind of edgier vocalist. And I was like, this is dope, too. It kind of actually – he he sounds pretty similar to uh, the, the vocalist of Hot Mulligan. So I'm super excited for that tour. I'm definitely going when it comes to Charlotte.
3: Yeah, absolutely. No, Benquad is phenomenal. They're They're really cool. Really great people, too, so – Super, super happy for them. Super proud for them. Have fun at that show. That's gonna be a. That's gonna be amazing. And, and then very lucky.
2: Like, they're from Oklahoma. Not too many bands like it, and alternative music no, are from it's Oklahoma. Like Demi- Clip diver, I think. Well, Oklahoma, you got you know,
1: cursive, right? Are they from Oklahoma?
0: Maybe, but remember, yeah. I mean, not a lot of people still listen to cursive that aren't over and the age of forty. Eyes. <laughs> <Bright> <laughs> yeah. <eyes>. yeah. <laughs> No, my There's thing about this. Ben Quad is that I wish that I, I really hope that it's kind of like those bands in the nineties that used to come out with all these like weird names like oh. Natalie is freezing and nobody in the name is and the band is actually named Ben. I really hope that nobody in that band is named Ben and someone just goes up to him is like shakes his hand and is like, Oh yeah, you're Ben, right? He's like, uh, we're artists. None of us <laughs> is actually named Ben. I think that would be hilarious.
3: Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure if this is I am really hoping this is public information. But yeah, no, nobody in the band is named Ben. ben. Yes! Um, yeah, I, be- I believe Ben Quad is the name of, like, a Star Wars, like, side character. I think something to do with pod racing. Because I remember looking them up and seeing, like, a picture of, like, some green guy from Star Wars. Um, something like that. So, Ben Quad, as far as I know, there's no Ben in the band, and it's a Star Wars character. So Crazy.
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. I- super excited for that tour but um back to the album like i said it's been out for a month you had a whole album release tour plan that you guys had to kind of put on the shelf but you do still have um your album release show that's going down at the Massapequa VFW hall um i guess you know since it's such a a big event for you guys why did you decide to do it at the Peak with VFW versus like an AMH or one of the other spots on Long Island?
3: Yeah. Um, I think it, it's kind of a combo of a few things, but I think at least in my head what what really kind of drove us that way is that the VFW more than anything kind of seems like the the real heart of kind of where like the DIY emo stuff is happening. You know, obviously AMH great venue. There's a lot of fantastic shows that happen there and have happened there. But the VFW is always kind of something special. Um, even when we were all starting out, even before I had joined Moose Creek Park and I was in another band, you know, to kids, it was like, if you were playing at the VFW and you you were getting booked to show by John, it's like, that's the beginning of the train, you know, the train starts rolling. So I don't know, it's always kind of been like a really kind of special spot. Again, it's it's a room and that's what it is, but it it's, gets turned into something beautiful every time. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of perfect to all of us. Um,
2: are yeah. you expecting it to be crazy like the Koyo show? Or are you guys just like telling all your friends <laughs> and neighbors and family members to come to just pack it out like that Koyo show?
3: Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, especially with some of the other bands that are going to be playing with us, it's it's nice that I can say that, you know, don't even come for us. Come for these other bands. They're amazing, you know? Um, it's It's like really just super exciting for all of us um and yeah i I will tell i've been sending out mass emails and stuff like that trying to get as many heads there as i possibly can so we're all very excited hell yeah so um i know you
2: guys had a drop off that tour is the like are are the other bands still going on that run is it still are any of those shows still happening or has everything kind of been squashed
3: yeah so it's been um it's been tough it's been a really uh weird and kind of difficult you know week and a half or so um some of the run we were doing with park national which um if you are familiar with that like you're not familiar with them but fantastic um the guys in that band they're they're all amazing people um they were embarking kind of on a separate tour and we were kind of also embarking on a separate tour so we had some dates that we were doing together so park national is still going to be doing those dates um so anybody who's who's listening and was able was going to go to a show please still catch park national because they are phenomenal um but yeah again i the the, the situation is really unfortunate and we're definitely kind of hoping that um as many of these shows can still kind of stay afloat you know even though we're not going because at the end of the day it's still everybody should you know have the chance to kind of go out to a show and have some fun so while we're disappointed you know we hope that it uh isn't the end of the world for some some people yeah
2: yeah it's kind of the nature of the beast right with with touring bands and you know you guys put out an album that's gaining traction because you know you got a bunch of 35 year olds that are no longer on long island that you know caught wind of what you guys are doing and we're like yo this is pretty special so there's definitely kind of a upper trend for you guys in the future and and sometimes that's tough for you know some band members like when you're like all right we're gonna hit the road for now two weeks three weeks four weeks whatever it may be and they're like wait i got like a a job and other you know still finishing up school like how am i gonna do this kind of deal so we've seen it before and hopefully you guys can bounce back and and find you know some similar minds that want to kind of follow through with what you guys have planned for the rest of the year.
3: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, it's definitely not, it's definitely not the, the end of anything and we're definitely not slowing down. Um, yeah, right now we're kind of doing everything in our power. Cause again, at the end of the day, we just love being on the road. It's an honor and a blessing that we kind of get to do this again. Um, despite, you know, work and school and stuff like that, just being able to do it is something, you know, none of us ever want to trade away. So I can definitely promise that there are going to be some, some pretty wild things being announced sooner than later. So,
2: so what, what do you guys have in your pocket for that album release show? Anything special that you guys are planning on doing, or are you going to try to rip through most of the album?
3: Yeah, no, definitely. The, the goal is to uh, play most, if not all the album in full. Um, uh, in the meantime, we're, we're actually getting a fill in bass player for the release show. So we're going to be all ready for that. But, um, yeah, we might play some new stuff. We might play some. We might play some really old stuff. Uh, who knows? We're 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 still kind of in the process of uh thinking what we're gonna play. But I do know that um we do want to do something special for or especially some like the Long Island homies that have been around since we were, you know, just starting really just, just starting. Yeah. So that's a. Uh, I don't know. We're just gonna try to make it a party. You know, have a good time and hope everyone has a safe, fun night and. Just to enjoy some good music, that's really what we're trying to do.
2: Hell yeah! And you guys have kind of been around for like two or three years, or or even longer than that.
3: Um. So, the, so the band in total has been around for I I believe two years, maybe slight like a little bit longer than two years. Um, I joined up about about a year ago, probably something like that. Um, yeah, only about two years the band's <laughs> kind of been kicking, but um you know everybody all the founding members too everybody who's who's kind of been a part of it you know um, was kind of always on the same page it's just like yeah let's let's have fun and let's you know I, I a lot of us are kind of of the opinion that it's like if we're going to spend you know time and stuff like and kind of put really our hearts into something like this you know it's full throttle you know it's either yeah. d- you do it or you don't do it and for some people that's not like a formula that is really enticing because again you have jobs works you know at school all that um but yeah, it's, it, it, we're definitely grateful and really kind of surprised that in the two years that the bands existed, that we've been able to do 95% of the things we've done, y- even if they, they were small and in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's, it's been great for sure. Hell yeah. And
2: I, I guess, can we talk a little bit about the recording process? Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming the, recording studio was on long island
3: no so so actually for um for the record we went down to sound acres which is again gary Sioni is the guy who owns it who runs it um he's located in southern new jersey um so for the album it was kind of split up there was like one like couple week session and another session that happened a few months later originally it was going to be an ep ended up turning into a full length um and yeah, that, that's where all the recording took place. Um, and it was really cool. Again, like like I said before, Gary Sioni is really kind of like a mentor to all of us and just a really good guy. So the recording process was definitely um it was something new for us, but it was it was a lot of fun and w- would not trade any part of it.
2: I could see Justin like putting into his notes like, Oh, this is another solid producer that maybe yeah. we hit <laughs> up for <laughs> oh, album yeah. number two
0: the um and it's it it was funny too because i was like i was like looking through everything and um the the quality of the of of the entire album is phenomenal but who came up with the song names because i feel like that's the the song names or titles that we
3: would have thrown
0: on uh on one of our tracks
3: (laughs) yeah um yeah a lot of the song names again um Vinny, who's who's the lyricist and he's the the lead singer of the band. He um I know for a fact he came up with a couple but a lot of it was kind of um you know for example Soggy Bacon was named after our our bass player that that unfortunately we just lost he's one of our best friends. Um the full title of the song was Don't Give John Soggy Bacon He Gets Mad. Um and yeah. it just it was just an inside joke that you know kind of um you know you see um more than, more more recently a lot of bands have been starting to kind of throw just a funny title beside uh you know in front of a song that might have like some deep kind of like emotional content or something like that um
2: oh yeah hot mulligan just did it on their latest album there's so yes, many yes yeah. yes song
3: titles on that one well, absolutely
0: i was going to say you guys you guys missed out on like i know like like i know choosing a, a this like the like the the track list for an album is like an arduous process, and sometimes you're like consistently like battling with band members. No, we got to do this one here. We got to do this one here. But um, I think that you guys missed a hilarious joke by not putting soggy bacon after what's for dinner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is an extremely good point. Um, Even dash of
0: fish would have been good.
3: Yeah, no, you know what? Um, I'm going to have to go back to the guys and say we really kind of missed out on that Drop one. <laughs> the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have that been perfect for sure. Um, uh, definitely would have given the don't give John part of soggy bacon a little bit more credibility.
0: The context um, there.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly.
2: Hey, I can relate. I'm a vegetarian, but still like even vegan and vegetarian bacon, like, needs to be crispy like don't give me that soggy half cooked bacon like that that's just disgusting
0: oh no soggy <laughs> bacon to me I actually uh, there was this bar that I went to and they did um, old fashions with candied bacon and they would put the bacon in the old fashion so it was legitimately soggy bacon it was the worst thing I've ever had in my life Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was just legitimate. It's just like it was literal sog. Because it's just been soaking in alcohol and bitters.
2: It's like uh, rum ham. Ugh,
0: don't even talk. Rum about ham sounds better talk. than soggy bacon. No,
2: no, rum ham was the worst thing ever. I forgot you guys awful. did rum ham. It was gross. It, yeah, it was gross. <laughs> it was definitely not something I even want to talk about. But. uh <laughs> Ryan, I, I do want to talk about like those early years of you getting involved in the Long Island music scene because a lot of the places that Tom and I were going to shows at are no longer around, unfortunately. So I know you mentioned the, the VFW Hall. Did you have a chance to ever catch any shows that our buddy Stangle did at the East Ice of Blaine's?
3: No, never never had a chance. No, and, and I'm not sure. what What year did that close down? Tom, do you know? probably 20 um
1: 2016 i mean i think it officially he stopped doing it with covid okay i want to say officially but um the um one of the proprietors unfortunately passed away recently so um and she was the one that was um always keen on letting the kids do it so i don't think it's a possibility anymore but uh um, but yeah, no, I'm, you know, East Lanes was a cool spot. You know, there they were a lot of cool spots, um, you know, all over the place. But, you know, again, you know, like we said, one by one, they just unfortunately kind of start shutting down, you know, can't afford rent, can't afford the liability, all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, you know, you being Ryan in touch with the, the Long Island scene, probably a little bit more. Um, realistically than Mikey and I are now, Um, you know, other than AMH and the Massapequa VFW. I mean, are there other spots, you you know, that are doing anything?
3: Yeah. um, There are definitely a couple. Um, It's also, it's seemingly getting to get really kind of genre specific. So Mm. I know for hardcore bands, they have um, Shaker pubs and uh, Shakers pub. Sorry. Yeah, sure. mr beeries i think there's one of those where they're throwing on shows um one that really kind of stuck out for for me at least was definitely the inner love release show sand city south was by far the coolest venue we kind of played uh nice. just it kind of had that same vfw kind of a, a vibe where we kind of just set it up you know the the pa mm-hmm. we just put it there everything was just kind of placed yeah. there um, that's awesome but at the same well, so you time you guys I mean, played
2: that album release show
3: yeah 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 with inner love
2: Oh sick. Yeah, I saw videos. I couldn't believe how many people were there. It looked sick.
3: Yeah, oh no, it was a, it was a great time. Um and Sand City's just like again, obviously it's a it's a very nice brewery. It's, it was a very cool kind of location, so everything about it was kind of just perfect. Um and as far as I know, the the goal is for more shows to be happening there. Kind of as time nice. rolls on, so Sweet. I would I would definitely love to see. And I'm sure John from Golden Hour too would love to see kind of that place start to become a more regular kind of kind of venue for uh music and stuff i know they have events other than music sometimes but uh the more we can kind of force them into being a diy music venue the better for sure
0: yeah I think we're just there, talking about a... that too i was just gonna say we we're talking about that with the den in in winston-salem um <laughs> it just venues like that need to happen because there's no real venues for bands really play that are like less than a 200 cap in a lot of places
3: Mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely it's that's again that that's why although there isn't a ton of venues like like again when i was kind of coming into the music scene you know again 2016 2017 is just when i started getting involved um i was lucky to kind of catch the tail end of uh revolution which was uh Mm. unfortunate that that one's not around anymore and i know especially for some of the some of the uh older guys in the scene, you know, that was, um, where they saw everything, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. E- even, even when I was playing there, I, you know, sometimes I would look at some of the events they would be having and kind of lose my mind about who was playing there the next week, you know? So it's a shame we don't have that, but we, we are kind of lucky to have again, Massapequa AMH, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and again, hopefully more San cities, uh, sand city soon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like breweries should, Take advantage of that because you know, the brewery market here in Charlotte, they all seem exactly the same, right? Like, every brewery has like the same indie folk band playing them and like the same crowd at every single one of them. And it's like, why not try to separate and get into a dim- different demographic and like have some more like punk bands play or, or like because a lot of them already have. The equipment there to put on shows and things like that, or stage at least. And it's like, take advantage of a, a totally different market and do something cool. So it's cool that a place on Long Island is kind of catching winds uh, of that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. No, Um, it's a, uh, I could understand why, it, I, like, obviously, there, I guess there has to be some kind of balance with like, there might be bystanders there just for an IPA that, you know, Maybe weren't expecting a hardcore show or something like that, but at this at the same time, I I do think that um, the more the merrier when it comes to shows at places like these. Again, I think it's just great for kind of the scene. And again, you know, unfortunately, like due to kind of like the lack of venues around here. Obviously, again, obviously we have the big ones, but um, due to the lack of some of the venues, we don't really have so much of a scene of kind of like, oh, it's Friday night, let's go catch whatever's going on here, you know. And uh, I think that's what makes a lot of lot of you know certain cities like really great for you know places like nashville and boston and stuff like that um so the more we could see long island do stuff like that i think the better for everybody for sure
0: and i think a lot of it comes down to a lot of these breweries don't necessarily know how to get into a situation like that like we had a
2: 100
0: we had a a venue down here it was a brewery that that also was a venue they were they were pretty like specific on On, like, who they wanted to play. They definitely didn't want any, like, hardcore, like, metal bands. They definitely kind of wanted more, like, the clean vocal style. But we played there three or four times, and it was open bar for bands. So we could have unlimited craft beers the entire night, which was amazing. But, like, we even got like 15% of the bar tap, which doesn't sound like a lot. But when the bar is making, like, four or five grand, you're pulling in like some pretty decent money on top of merch and everything else. So it, it makes perfect sense for some of these breweries to do. it. I know like beer racks up in Connecticut's doing a lot of shows now too. Awesome.
3: Yeah, no, that's definitely, um, it would be, like I said, I keep saying it, but it it would be awesome to see more stuff like that for sure. Mm
2: -hmm. All right. Well, Ryan, I definitely want to dive into a little hockey talk as well. But before we do that, we do have to let you know about our sponsors. So new customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877 8HOPENY or text HopeNY 467 369. In Kansas, call 1 800 522 4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery, please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races, in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccbg.org. 21 in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet of $50. 10 plus leg Required for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. All
0: right. Oh, you got it, Tom? You got it, Tom?
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, I got it. I I just wanted to know if you got all those numbers because we shared a lot of numbers with you. (laughs) And if you can't repeat at least a couple of them back to us, then we know you're not listening Or maybe your brain's just on vacation Because if you're not going on vacation You know summer is all about that vacation state of mind, baby And whether I want to listen to the new Spanish Love Songs record Or the new Teenage Wrist record on repeat Or just need to kind of retreat inside my home head for a bit And I love creating my own summer soundtrack By popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds And there's so much going on all summer Sometimes you need just some upbeat music to pump you up before you see your friends or you want to stay calm with some guided meditation. Maybe you just want to listen to your favorite hockey podcast, your favorite hockey and alternative music podcast called Bard on Breakdown. But let me tell you right now, those Raycons, they're the best way to listen. You can use earbud tap functions to toggle between three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, and even awareness mode. And get this, Raycons have a 30 two hour battery life, including eight hours of play time. So you can listen to what you want, when you want for a really, really long time. And they come with these custom gel tips, right? That are the most comfortable for your in-ear fit. And they started just half the price of your other premium auto brands, audio brands, not auto brands, audio brands, because you're not buying a Mercedes. Although these friends are the Mercedes of earbuds and they come with a 30 day happiness guarantee, so you really can't lose. So create your own soundtrack with Raycon. Right now, bar down breakdown listeners. If you're listening to us, you can get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash THPN. THPN for the hockey podcast network. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. You can save 15% on a brand new pair of Raycon. So buyraycon.com slash THPN,
2: the hockey podcast network. It's good shit, guys. Good stuff. Do it. So, Ryan, let, let's jump into some hockey talk. And as we alluded to, you're from Deer Park, where Tom and I are from as well. And when I was growing up in the 90s, the Mighty Ducks movies came out. Hockey was on the rise. Roller hockey, specifically, just boomed. Like, everywhere you looked, there were kids playing roller hockey. Like, you would go up and down the west side of deer park and see like literally games happening almost on every single street uh, on the west side and then like literally at the peak of my interest in hockey they actually built a roller hockey rank with like the boards and everything right in our hometown and like everyone i knew joined the league there was probably 20 teams at the at the like the peak of it and Unfortunately, as I made it through like middle school and high school and the years went on, it started to get in kind of rough shape and like there really weren't as many leagues going on and, and it just seemed like it was falling apart. Um, and, and even when I moved away, like right before I moved away, I would go there to just like shoot pucks and there was like huge like divots in the in the rink and it was just like really in rough shape. So has. It gotten better or like was it still even though you're younger than us a huge part of you like playing hockey and like falling in love with hockey
3: yeah so as far as the shape it's in it's still um still not great but um <laughs> at the end of the day it's it's you know in the in our hometown so compared to driving to Massapequa or like there's a really nice one out in oceanside um it does the trick for sure and as far as like actual like dangerous divots and stuff like that there's really none of that there's only uh you can get your stick under the boards and snap it in half a couple that's oh, happened yeah. to me a couple oh. times but besides that it's a uh, besides that it gets the job done um but yeah no having it just um again like when i was growing up um it, it was still going a lot of my friends definitely grew up playing in those leagues and until they were like 16 i think it was or maybe it was 18 um they stayed in those leagues their their entire childhood. Um, I didn't actually believe it or not. I didn't play as a kid in a league or anything like that. Um, so for most, most of my childhood, it was just playing on the street with no skates on or nothing. Um, more recently that's, that's changed for sure. But, um, yeah, no, it, it definitely, I don't think without that rink, like the hockey kind of, I guess, scene, like the sport wouldn't be half as big as it is. Um, and actually, a lot, of the, a lot of the people who play in Deer Park ended up just like playing with Dix Hills and stuff like that because they have the ice rink over there. Um, so it kind of crossovers a bit. Um, but yeah, the rink's definitely still kicking. Um,
2: I'm going to fill you in on a rink that most people on Long Island doesn't know it exists. But when I first graduated from high school, and like really where this podcast stemmed from was our friendship with the boys in Envy on the Coast. And they're like, you know, Merrick and Oyster Bay. So they're a little further, like, towards Manhattan than we were. And they somehow got the key to the lights at this rink in Seacliff, which is, like, the very north shore, like, of Oyster Bay. And this rink is right on the water. And we would have the lights because there's no other houses really over there. So we'd be able to turn the lights on and we would play like two, three in the morning and we would have no joke. Like dudes from the sleeping, dudes from Taking Back Sunday, like showing up at these pickup games to play like just roller hockey. And that's really where this whole idea for the podcast stemmed from. So you got to try to find someone who has the key to the lights and start playing in Seacliff, man. It, it's, a, it's the spot.
3: Yeah, no, definitely. No, we um we kind of have that similar. There, there's a uh, there's a group of guys who, uh, ho- however they do it, I don't know if it's they know somebody in the town, but they get the lights on every Thursday night, so they're probably on right now. Big group of like 50 guys, and they have like a like a chat, and they go. But it's all like super like professional games. They all wear gear, like, but it's not an actual league. So how like me and my buddies started getting into, especially when I was kind of learning how to skate and stuff like that, is we'd wait for them to leave. And we'd catch the public safety guy and be like, "Just give us an hour, just give us an hour." And and we'd spend like an hour at midnight, just you know, doing crossovers for sixty minutes, and then and then getting kicked out. So, you know, I, I would definitely, if if you can get a copy of that key, uh, that would uh, that would change my life. But I don't see it yeah, that that happening. That's the
2: move, because especially like the summer when you want to play hockey, like it's way too hot during the day, so you would have to wait until nighttime when it cooled off a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah. Our, our goalie started uh, giving up on us. He, he's like, I'm oh, not yeah. putting those pads on in 90-degree heat. Sorry. No. So, it's way too away. hot, especially when you have all that shit on. Yeah, it's, it's not happening. But <sighs> it's what it is.
2: All right. Well, let's jump into a little more specifically your Ranger fandom because you're obviously rocking. Is that a Panarin jersey? What what do we got
3: there? Uh, Fox? This, this is uh, Ryan Reeves, actually. Oh Reeves, okay.
2: Nice.
0: There's only one time that I really wish that we 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 just assume it's like an old Rangers jersey, and they're like, "Oh no, this is actually the you know the Czech Republic national team." (laughs) (laughs) Just completely like throw a curveball at us. We're like, "Oh shit."
1: No, it's Rangers. Now, if, if there was a yeah. Czech Republic team, Mikey wouldn't be able to say
2: any of their names. Not would you? Shut up. You couldn't even say <laughs> Lou Lymarello's name for the longest
3: time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no. Ryan so, Reeves is a – yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. No. Ryan,
2: I think everyone kind of appreciates Ryan Reeves and what he does for whatever team he's on. And I, and I know Islander fans would – you know, we love to hate him, right? We hate him when he's not on our team. But if he was on our team, everyone would be all about Ryan Reeves. For he's sure. like Corey Perry.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I love having Corey Perry on the team. He's no longer on the team, and
2: I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But, yeah, so I, I guess Long Island can go either way, you know, especially Deer Park being right in the middle of the island. You, you have – Rangers and Islander fans mixing and mingling all the time. So kind of why did you go Rangers instead of Islanders?
3: Uh, to, to be honest with you, I mean, it's kind of the classic answers. It's just kind of what was in my family uh, to start off. But when it got to the point that I was really deciding, because as far as like my, my history of like enjoying hockey and stuff like that, paid a ton of attention as a kid. And then in high school, I kind of started to lose it a little bit and then, over the past two years, I've just like exploded as far as like how much I've enjoyed watching it and stuff like that. But that being said, I kind of grew up on my dad breaking into my room and saying, watch this Joey coaster fight. It's like, it's 1994. Watch it. He he broke the guy's orbital bone. Uh, so (laughs) that's kind of what I grew up watching. Um, and you know, especially when you talk about like the Rangers cup team back then, um, And even, again, going back to like all the enforcers that kind of surrounded Gretzky and stuff like that, I mean, that was just such a crazy kind of time period. Um, So I definitely kind of, again, with Joey Koser for the longest time being my favorite player, um, that's definitely what made me uh, gravitate towards the Rangers a bit. Um, Not to say the Islanders haven't had good enforcers because they have, but just got got to love Koser, man.
2: Hell yeah. And um, I'm assuming you weren't, born yet right in the 94 series right so i i specifically remember you know because i was already a a pretty big islander fan at that point and just being on the school bus and all the kids like just wearing that black and white stanley cup ranger hat and just rubbing it in everyone's face because i don't know i i just don't see young kids really loving hockey like they did in the 90s, I, because I, I, I'm a fifth-grade teacher, and, yeah, I'm in North Carolina, but even when I was teaching in New, in New York, kids really were obsessed with basketball. Like, basketball has done a great job marketing their players and just growing the game. And, you know, in the 90s, hockey was doing that. Like, hockey was in pop culture. It was right in your face. The Mighty Ducks movies came out. So, like, that was probably the peak. And then New York, New York being a major market, goes and wins the Stanley Cup. Like, I, I talked about it on the podcast. There was legit pop-up stores on Deer Park Avenue, and all they sold was New York Rangers, Stanley Cup, championship hats, shirts. So, like, there was hundreds of them all over, like, Maymore, JFK, like, you name it. And... Wow. It was a wild time. Tom, do you agree? Like, do you remember (laughs) that, Tom? I do. Like, the pop-up shops in Deer Park? Yeah,
1: I do. I also really vividly remember I was in first grade at the time, and uh, my first grade teacher asked me if I was a Ranger fan. I said, no, I'm I'm an Islander fan. (coughs) And she said, well, if you were a Rangers fan, you'd be able to get an Italian ice. And I was like, oh, (laughs) holy shit. And... So I pretended to be a Ranger fan so I could get an Italian ice. I was probably going to get one anyway. But, you know, I remember that very vividly. What I also remember very vividly, though, you know, I hate, I hate to bring this up, was, you know, with uh, the Rangers and the Kings. And I remember um, I was uh, my buddy was running this venue for a hot second called the Shop, which was like literally just a, an empty a room shop. in a wood shop. And um, some iconic shit happened there, but um, he was running a show, I think, during that game where, you know, the Kings ended up beating the Rangers. And I remember him just, like, falling to the ground, just crumpling, falling to the ground. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I know the feeling. (laughs) I know the feeling.
2: but... But as an Islander fan, you know you had, like, a little sigh of relief, like all right, now I don't have to hear my Ranger fan friends. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, 83 when we won our last cup and 94, like now that we're so far removed, like who's really better off? Like we're both in a pretty shitty situation, right? Yeah. It's been a long time for both of us. That
1: rivalry, I think, is always going to be there and it's always going to be a, a very just personal, you know, like transcendent rivalry. And I think that, you know, those crappy years during the 90s and 2000s when neither team was really playing great, the Islanders specifically, you know, that rivalry still kind of kept going. So I think that's one that's going to kind of, you know, stand the test of time. And I think it's important, you know, because, you know, when you look at this current Islanders team and you look at the current Rangers team, I mean, you know, they have the keys to succeed, but you're also... You know, running against some tough, tough teams in the East. I mean, Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, the the Cats, the Hurricanes, man. It's just like you know, you have to watch out for all these other teams while also watching out for like your main rival. And you know, I, I think all Islanders fans would say, you know, if we went seventy-eight and four and those four losses were to the rangers it would still it would have like an asterisk or something you know but i think that makes the game great
3: yeah no absolutely i actually i'm kind of of the the weird opinion that um i don't harp at least in my experience most of the, the kids on the island nowadays or at least people my age um it's majority islanders fans um oh i'd love to hear it by, by hear a pretty that. significant margin. <laughs> Um, so I have to yeah. kind of really tread lightly around any group of people I find myself with. Wow, so that's I- like a complete
2: <laughs> 180 from what yeah. our childhood and like even high school and, and those like couple of years while we were in college and things like it was a completely different story. And yeah, I, I guess that's what Islander fans always wanted was stability with a new building yeah. and I don't know if you've gotten a chance to go to UBS yeah. Arena, but it is freaking amazing. It's like Disney World for, for hockey fans.
3: Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I have a um, – I'd even bring it down and show you. I have a Brandon Tan of Seattle Kraken jersey hung on my wall right now. Uh, Sweet. <laughs> because as a, as a joke, me, me, um, me and a couple buddies, we started watching Seattle Kraken games at the beginning of this this most recent season. Just cause at 10 p.m. What are you like? What are you gonna watch? There's YouTube videos. Like you're hanging out with your friends on a weekend. You you gotta watch some hockey. So we started watching Kraken games. And uh, as a joke, the Islanders were playing the Kraken, and we all bought tickets. And I picked up this tan of jersey and a nice hat and everything. And the Kraken got swept for nothing at, at a UBS. But about UBS, it's we we got all the way on the top row. We didn't even have to sit there because um, there was a lot of empty seats, which is. Kind of the problem with with the Islanders at points and UVS and stuff like that, but um, even in that top row, I mean, you could see everything. It was it was really uh, it's special. Even I like I, I I saw things better than I did at in great seats at MSG. So, you guys are definitely lucky in in that aspect. Yeah,
2: and and having the option to take a train, like I took, so I went this past Christmas to a game. And my mom still lives in Deer Park, so I jumped I jumped on the train in Deer Park and was able to get a direct train right to UBS Arena, hopped on a shuttle, and the shuttle just brings you right to, to the entrance. And mm-hmm. all said and done, it took, like, a little less than an hour where even when I would try to drive to games, like, if you're trying to drive to an Islanders game when they were at the Coliseum, you're leaving at five o'clock, five 30, which is the heart of rush hour traffic on long Island. Like you're not getting to the, to the Coliseum from deer park in under an hour. So like, yeah, the fact that I was able to relax on a train and like, didn't have to worry about finding a parking spot or anything like that. It was the greatest experience. However, going home was a complete nightmare. <laughs> like it, it was legit. Like the hunger games trying to get, onto some of these (laughs) shuttles and getting onto the trains and whatnot. It was bonkers.
3: Have you ever done the, uh, the walk instead of the shuttle?
2: So I only, I've only been to UBS once and I was still like a rookie and learning it. And it was, I don't know if you remember this past Christmas, like New York got hit with extremely cold weather. It was like in the single digits. And I had my, daughter with me who was just like two years old at that point and she was like freaking out because how cold it was so we're waiting for the shuttle and every shuttle kept like leaving right as we were about to get on like they would get full and then they were like all right next shuttle's coming and then the shuttle would come and we'd try to get on and it would like literally happen two or three times so then we did the walk <laughs> after like already waiting 20 or 30 minutes outside for these shuttles so right it was a little brutal
3: yeah absolutely yeah it's it's definitely i mean uh, like i said even from deer park like we left from the uh the wine station and it was i mean it was just it's extremely easy to get there um so i don't know yeah you guys are definitely lucky it's it's definitely easier to get to i mean granted msg isn't very far from the station either but um you know at the same time i I feel like it's much calmer to get to UBS, you know. Um, the only part that stunk for me was being stuck on a train with a bunch of Islanders fans wearing a Seattle Kraken jersey. That that was that was a little rough. Yeah, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> I wish we had a train that took me to, like, Amelie. You got I would the, love you, that. You got the little trolley. Yeah, good luck if you can find parking that can get you to the trolley. Yeah. That's the th- situation.
2: But for an out-of-town fan, it's the best situation. Like, if you have a hotel near oh, the trolley yeah. line, you can just leave your hotel, jump on the trolley, and it takes you right to Omelie.
0: Yep. But from Orlando over there, it's miserable. Yeah.
2: yeah. I don't know why they don't just have, a like, a express train from Orlando to Tampa. It would be a straight shot, one, two, three.
0: Eventually. They're yeah. building it. They're building it.
1: Are they? Yeah, they're building. Yeah. They've already already built infrastructure out to, um, like, uh, Cape Tampa Canaveral National Airport too. Yeah, so like th- there's infrastructure from Orlando to like to Cape Canaveral, like all the way to NASA. And I think if that goes well, they're talking about maybe doing that triangle, like Orlando, Miami, Tampa. You know so. That'd I mean, if they strange. do it, it would be it would be great, you know, because it, yeah. it is hard to traverse Florida with um, the infrastructure that it has. But um, so, you know, just asking a question on on your, um, you know, on your Rangers fandom. Um, so, you know, without getting too yeah. deep and gritty into the details, you know, where do you think, you know, after you know, all the offseason moves and stuff, where do you think <laughs> the Rangers kind of sit? In the metro right now. Uh,
3: I would. I I have a hard time being convinced it's not third. Um, okay. Yeah, because again, I mean, Jersey is the scariest team on earth right now in my eyes. And again, after the playoffs, you know that was um. Mm-hmm. I was not happy about what happened last year. That was that was that really hurt. Um, but. Yeah, I I have a hard time being convinced it's not third because, again, like as far as like the team looks right now, and again, some of the acquisitions they made, I feel like a lot of the kind of problems they have, so to speak, like I don't think any of it was really kind of answered. If that makes any sense. Um, So I I think they're gonna comfortably make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be. I I don't think they're going to be like that superstar, scary kind of everyone's putting money on this on this team winning the cup you know or even the conference finals for that matter so um i wish i had better news or, or a better opinion but that's how i feel i just feel
0: like the metropolitan is just this division of just, it's it's literally like the hunger games the metropolitan right now because this is the first time you've had all these teams you know hit over 90 points and that still wasn't enough to get wild cards and it's it's just going to be it's it's going to be disgusting seeing like carolina and then seeing jersey and then seeing new york come back at it and then you know who knows what's going on with pittsburgh at this point cuz they're rebuilding we might not see anything come out from them but you never know like sometimes like what happened like a few years ago the columbus came up out of fucking nowhere too um well, so it makes you,
2: it makes you think about boston too right like boston yeah. had that crazy regular season and then crumbled in the playoffs and then they mm-hmm. got retirements happening and things like that bergeron's out bergeron that's what i mean like yeah he is retired. i feel like boston might be on the decline i feel like pittsburgh might be on the decline i feel like the metro might other than like the top teams that you mentioned might have kind of stabilized itself a little bit and we might have a little more competition for those last wild card spots um yeah you know let's be real we we had a few of our friends who are ranger fans on the podcast when you guys like went gm mode and just literally brought all these superstars in (laughs) and no one thought it was a good idea like all of our friends who are ranger fans are like this is not like on paper it sounds fantastic like you bring in kane you bring in tarasenko you're like this is gonna be a sick team. However, we saw what happened. Like you, you, you don't just like p- plug superstars into a roster and just be like, yep, we're gonna win games now. At like, like the end of the season too. At the end of the season, like that's not how it works. And then you know Tarasenko's gone. We can all assume like Patrick Kane's gone. I'm hearing rumors that he's going to like Buffalo. Um, I I I feel like that was kind of. A, a mistake and you know now now looking back do you agree that that wasn't necessarily like the move that you guys should have done
3: yeah no i um i was not um there was this uh kind of running joke it was like it was like kind of like a meme thing going on like instagram where there's like this one song that was like major bag alert major bag alert something like that there was just pictures of chris drury um but (laughs) I thought the whole time it was really bad um, because the Rangers obviously have a history. Like if go through their Wikipedia page of just bringing in these guys who are like, were top hundred of all time players, but they're 38. It's like, okay, you, you're, you're not really kind of doing anything there and, and not for nothing too. I mean, even the way that kind of, even like a guy like Kane, like Kane, still Patrick Kane, you know, he's, he's not Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane, but he's Patrick Kane. But it's like, you can't take like for example like Mika Zibanejad and just take him out of his spot in the power play it's like you can't you can't do that um, so yeah i was i was not um, and and Tarasenko i was less upset about but it was also kind of like i don't know i don't i don't think it addressed any like big problems i um, think
1: i think the the rangers kind of like you can tell that they have really cemented their um, you know who who the core of their team's going to be. I mean, you know, like if you're looking at contracts, you know, you figure it's Panarin, Mika, Kreider, Trocek. um, Who else, who else do you guys have for a while? Adam Fox. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I think even Barkley Goodrow you've got for a while too. So, I mean, like, it's one of those things where, um, you know, having a good core of a team is something that's like always important. And I think that's something that the, um, as an Islanders fan, it's something that I think every Islanders fan dreams of, but they never quite get there. It's like they make, you know, a good move to fix some problems, but then they lose sight of, you know, going that little extra mile. Like, you know, the big thing the Islanders did was, you know, they they went out and they got Bo Horvat, you know, to play with, um, um, to play with, uh, with Barzil essentially, but you didn't get anyone else to put on that, um, on the other side, you know? So it's just like, after a while, you're just like, you're spinning your wheels, I think, but, you know, we keep talking about having a core of a team and yet we still can't win. So it's, uh, a heartbreaker not,
2: not as easy as it sounds though. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. it certainly isn't yeah i'm not saying that lou's perfect that by any means but you know no one was anticipating bohar Ho- hovart to just kind of fall off the way he did when we made the playoffs like we were expecting no. him to contribute in some way but you know I-, I think being able to to move the money that bailey was eating up um Mm -hmm. that's like a master class in GM and yeah uh, that that was harder than you would imagine to get done so we'll we'll see how how the season plays out um you know I already have group deposits for the the games when the Islanders come to to Carolina so it's it's starting to get to that point where I can be excited about hockey and you know we'll see how everything plays out um we're getting there we were just yeah, they,
0: talking at work about the uh, the Tampa Florida um, preseason game that's always in Orlando, and yeah, oh, it's uh, at Amway, right? Yeah, yeah, it's at Amway. Getting tickets for that one at work because there is a whole bunch of us that are just like Tampa Bay Lightning fans and just uh, hanging out. And I think even like the ECHL team, the Solar Bears, they're doing like buy six games for one hundred and thirty dollars, and you also get tickets to the pre like the preseason Tampa Day Lightning oh, game awesome. too. Yeah,
2: oh, that's sick. Wow.
0: Yeah, like $135, you get six games, and that preseason
2: game. can't beat it. That's the move, man. Like, unfortunately, like, a a preseason game in your normal home arena doesn't have that much, like, excitement to it. Like, I I believe, like, the Islanders and Rangers have a preseason game at UBS. Yeah, there'll be people there. Will it be a sellout? No. But, like... If they did something, like, say... At Bridgeport? In in Hartford.
0: Yeah, Hartford. Right?
2: Like, went to where the the Hartford Civic Center and did, like, an Islanders-Rangers preseason up there, I feel like there'd be a little more buzz than just, like, in your normal arena. And I think it's cool that, you know, Tampa and Florida do that in Orlando because I would imagine in Orlando there are Florida Panthers fans as well. There are. You're you're getting both teams, you know, fan base in your non-traditional market. Like, yeah, it's still in the state of Florida, but it's two hours away, two and a half hours away. I love that. I think they should do that every single season.
0: Yeah, when I worked when I worked right next to Amway for the game last season, there was a whole there's just Panther fans walking all downtown, and I was walking to my car, just chirping the shit out of them the entire
2: time. <laughs> 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 Loved it. Hell yeah. Well, Ryan, you know, this was a ton of fun and finding out that you're from our hometown just makes Moose Creek Park even more special for us. You know, the, the fact that you guys and Off Guard are holding it down for Deer Park makes us proud, us old guys. And, you know, at, at the time we had our bands, too, um, as Tom mentioned a bunch of them are getting back together to play the benefit show for him. Uh, so if you're listening, definitely get your tickets to Tom's benefit show at AMH, August 27th, right? 27th Tom.
1: That's the one.
2: Yep. And uh great deer park band, the buddy system, which was like doing taking back Sunday before taking back Sunday was doing it. They're playing, um, survivors guild ink and lead just some killer bands from back in the day and some some current bands right so bad hex right tom yeah heavy hex man Oh, heavy hex and then what's the other one that you guys just added
1: american slobs it's my dude Sean corgan he's so tall he's the tallest guy that you ever did see he's so tall i can't wait for some of you guys to see him
0: uh tom you missed this one uh oh, I miss. the drummer for and one he has to drum on a bar stool because he's like seven feet tall.
2: Yeah, he's oh, a big man. and plays a saxophone his... at the same time. And he
0: plays the saxophone at the same time he
2: plays while he drums. Drum. Yeah. yeah, it's the craziest oh. thing I've ever seen. In my I life. love that.
0: But yeah, he he has a he literally has a bar stool that he sits on as his drum throne because he's too
1: fucking big. <laughs> Ryan, if if you if like you could play one like orchestral instrument which one would you pick
3: violin? I actually, I, I own one. I, I, I bought one out yeah. of like, I don't know what got into me, but I bought one and actually took lessons for like two years. Right, I'm not very, awesome. not very good at it, but if I could play anything, it's that.
1: I mean, that's cool though. Cause you know, get that violin texture on a, on a moose Creek song, man. That'd be, <laughs> you know, that'd be, that'd be right for the picking.
3: It would be, yeah. Bust one out live. That would be a, that would def- that would
1: definitely uh yeah i mean the lead singer of foxing just always had like this janky trumpet on him and would just play whenever he felt like it
3: yeah, no, what
1: I mean? yeah. that's what yellow, he
2: does yellow card being back and all you know violin rock is at its peak again oh
1: dude violin rock is <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: Get one oh, of those, one of those electric ones that are just like a, like a, like a stick and some strings. There's nothing else <laughs> yeah.
1: on there. Dude, he loves doing flips. That guy, that guy does flips all the time. What's the name? Sean Mackin. I think that's. His yeah. Name. He does flips. I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. You guys have eyes. You guys can watch him do flips. Go to YouTube or some shit. Ryan, thanks for being with us. Before we let you go, drop your socials, uh, where we can find the new record, all that fun stuff, just so our listeners can. Uh,
3: get to it to it yeah absolutely um instagram at moose creek park um that's where you can find pretty much everything that's going on with our lives um all dates and stuff like that and if you want to listen to some music and stuff like that anywhere music can be listened to um yeah i mean we'll definitely have some uh some more cool stuff kind of coming out in the next couple months so uh keep, a and keep your eyes peeled and, Sweet. and
2: when's that album release show again
3: That would be August twenty sixth, I believe, which is actually right. Yeah, Yeah, that is a pretty crazy weekend for Long Island. So,
2: yep, go to Massapequa VFW the twenty sixth, and then AMH the twenty seventh.
3: That's right. Yeah, Yeah. have have yourself a
1: nice little weekend of music.
3: Absolutely, Come to our beer,
2: beef, and Jesus.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you guys so much for having me on. This was cool.
2: Hell yeah, man! We'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Thanks again. Be good guys. Yep.